Hello everyone and welcome back to Behind the Desk, the podcast all about my time working in a recording studio. Although at this point, not much is actually happening at the studio itself, so maybe I should just change the slogan. Who knows, who knows. Anyway, today I want to talk about mixing. Specifically, mixing a demo track I made recently. So, let me tell you a quick story. A few weeks ago, I posted on Instagram a video of me trying to play harmonica to a lo-fi hip-hop track. Firstly, it was just a bit of an experiment. I don't think it really worked. But I did like making that sort of track, so I made a few more. And I thought it'd be really cool to just go through one and show you my process of composing it and mixing it, really. So that's what we're going to do today. But before we get into it, if you have any questions, then you can leave me a message on any of my social media, like YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Happy to answer any music-related questions the best I can. So, let's get started. And I think it'd be a good idea to just give you a quick listen to the track for reference. So, let me just play a bit of the main section for a bit. Okay, so that's what it sounds like. Initially, I think for a quick demo it sounds alright, you know. Not the most interesting composition ever, but it fits the genre of lo-fi rather nicely. And the reason I say not the most interesting is because there's only about six channels of audio. I guess that's kind of the style of that genre. But how did I actually make this or come up with any of this? Well, I started with my weakest skill first in terms of composition, and that was the drums. I struggled to make drum loops and fills and that kind of stuff. So I just started with a basic beat and programmed in the kick and the snare. I didn't want a four to the floor rhythm because that doesn't fit the genre. So instead, I looked up some jazzy drum patterns and just simplified one of them. I then programmed the pattern using my keyboard, like my laptop keyboard. And the sample I used was the free percussion pack from Spitfire audio labs collection if you don't know they have a bunch of free sample packs and libraries which you can just download for free and they sound really cool they sound really nice and i just really like the percussion library so i just used that then i wanted to add a bit of swing to the drums because they're pretty boring on their own you know just a kick and a snare just going on their own so on a new channel i programmed in the hi-hats uh just feeling the rhythm and just seeing what sounded good the reason I added hi-hats on a separate channel, rather than on the same channel as the kick and the snare, was because the EQ later would be different for the kick and the snare and the hats, so it made sense in my head to just separate them out. And that's all it is for drums, it's just a simple 4-bar loop repeated throughout the track. Next, I programmed the piano chords. Again, because this is the hardest part for me, I just wanted to get all the hardest stuff out of the way first. And the piano wasn't hard because I can't play piano, I'm actually alright, I'm not like trained or graded in it or anything like that. I mean I can play chords and a little motif if and when I need to, but the real struggle is playing on this like laptop keyboard because it just doesn't feel natural. Especially when I use like 11th chords and diminished chords which require like 5 or 6 keys to be played at once 
and, you know, it just wasn't comfortable. Now, in terms of the actual chords I played, I kept it pretty simple, just to a four chord progression, and I think it was in D major, it was something like, uh, hang on, let me look it up. It was E minor 11, A major 13, D major 9, and D sharp diminished. So yeah, quite jazzy chords. And again, it was just a four bar loop that repeats throughout the track. It is a demo after all, so I didn't go too crazy or too overboard with it. Now, at this point, I have a beat and I've got some chords. The next thing I did was just to add a bit of bass, because you need bass in the track, well, most tracks anyway, because it gives you this glue to the track. You know what I mean? It's like, if you don't have the bass or a bass instrument, then the track just sounds really incomplete and really weird. It's like, if you've ever listened to a track without bass or low end percussion or instruments or anything like that, it just sounds wrong, but you don't really know why. That's because that low end is there in the mix and it's just putting everything together. It's just giving a foundation to the track, really. Even if it's not always noticed. So that was just a long-winded way of saying I added some bass. Now, I don't actually own a bass guitar, I will admit it. Uh, I have an electric guitar with four different pickups and one of them with a darker tone. So I just recorded that straight into Reaper using DI, which is direct input for anyone who doesn't know. And all I did for this was listen to the loops and play eight bars of bass notes really. Nothing too special, but more variety than the previous loops. You know, I did try to make it a little more interesting here and there. And it sounded okay, it's, it's not very bassy at this point. So I did boost the low end with an EQ and cut the highs just to try and get a bit more bass out of the guitar really. And then I just added on top of all the instruments so far with a guitar. We have a different pickup and I recorded the like the solo bit. I knew at this point the key was in D major and had a decent understanding of the pentatonic scale because that's like the only scale guitarists ever use. And this process of trying to do the solo was rather annoying. Like, and I say annoying because it wasn't the solo that bothered me. It's the fact that, you know, I never record when I had a good riff. So what I would do is I'd play over the track, try to figure out a cool riff, cool solo section. And then I was like, ooh, that sounds good. And then I'd press record and try to replicate it. And I was just getting so annoyed at myself because as soon as I hit record, it just sounded naff and I just couldn't get it right. So a quick tip for anyone recording guitar solos, record everything. Like if you're even just practicing or jamming before you're like doing actual take, record it all. Otherwise your guitarist is gonna be real mad when he has to try and replicate a solo because you weren't recording it. And that's exactly what happened in this session. Just like, I figured out the solo. I found something that sounded really good and then I had to try and replicate it. And I was just getting annoyed because I had to try and actually replicate it. It just didn't feel natural. And I think that's about it for all the channels of audio in this track. Oh, other than a, a rain sound effect that fades in and out at the start and the end of the tracks. But in terms of recording or programming, that part's pretty much done. And it wasn't bad at this point, it wasn't very interesting. And that's what I kind of wanted to focus on. So I tried to make it a little more interesting compositionally wise throughout the track. 
so this included things like bringing the instruments in and out throughout the track. For example, the piano at the very start is the only thing playing, and then about four bars later, the drums come in, and then another four bars later, the bass and the guitar come in, and then they keep playing for about another eight, 16 bars, I can't remember exactly. And then about halfway through, I just mute everything except the piano, and I build it up again from that point with all the different instruments. Just so you're not getting bored listening to the same loops essentially, I want to give a bit of variety to the listening experience. So that was just one way I tried to make the composition sound a little more interesting. And once that was done, I had a quick like structure of how the track was going to sound. Uh, I did a quick EQ on the bass and the guitar, bit of compression, added the reverb and delays that you can hear to the guitars and all that kind of stuff, just to give it that dreamy and warm feeling to the instruments I guess. But I wasn't done yet, because I still wanted to add some variety and just really make it interesting to listen to. Mainly I was wanting to focus on the piano chords and the hats, because at this point they were the most boring part of the track I'd say, like the most boring instruments to listen to, because they, at the moment they are literally just 4 bar loops. So I started with the piano chords, which were alright, because I had used some more complex chords. I could have added a bit more variety in hindsight on the four chords, I could have just done a variation on the four chord progression, but to be honest I couldn't be asked if I'm honest. So instead, I tried a trick I saw on this LinkedIn learning course video about mixing. And this trick was basically to take the output of the piano and feed it back into itself as a send. So then you have a fader to control the feedback of your own piano. And this is meant to emulate how they used to create feedback and distortion and add a bit of variety. And this trick was commonly used in like the 70s and the 80s. I think it was used more on like rock guitars and that kind of stuff, but I tried it on the pianos anyway, just to see if it'd work. Thing is, right, Reaper and I imagine the other DAWs uh, are very clever and don't actually allow you to route the output back onto the same channel. Because if you do that, you'll create a feedback loop. So that didn't work out. But I still had another trick up my sleeve. And this one involved using stereo delay on the piano. I turned up the delay of the first delay to about a half note and the second delay to a quarter note. Then I automated the feedback dial so the number of like repeats of the chords varies. And this can be heard really clearly in the intro and the outro when the piano is just soloed in the track basically. And I think it just makes the track a little more interesting than standard chords being played. But let me know what you think. I'm just, this is not something I usually do, so any feedback is very helpful. Uh, the last thing I did was to try and make the hats sound a little less programmed. Because when a real drummer plays, he hits the hats at different velocities and different positions on the metal, which sounds slightly different with each hit. But when you program in, like I did, they're all the same velocity, they're all the same like length in hits, and they all just sound very robotic and machine-like. So I tried giving a bit more life and realism to the hats. Firstly, by changing the velocity of each like MIDI input and making sure they were offset a few milliseconds from the bars just to try and replicate that human error in a drummer. Then I did a lot of automation 
of an EQ band so that it increased and decreased its gain constantly. I set this EQ band around about 500 to 1k because that was where the sound I wanted was from the hi-hats. I can't explain what I wanted, I just know that was the frequency range I wanted to use. So I've varied that again to just give it a bit more of a humor feel to it and I think it worked out alright. Might have gone a little too crazy with the automation but it's just a demo track I was experimenting so I'll allow it for now. And that's pretty much all I've done for this demo really. If you want to listen to the whole thing I'll post it on Instagram if I haven't already. I think it was fun, it was a fun little project to work on on a Sunday afternoon, you know. I'll definitely be working on some more in the near future. Maybe even like improving this track if I get any feedback. We'll see how it goes. So that's it from me today. I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's podcast. It's been fun to record. I've been John and I'll see you all next time.